Home is your creative canvas, an expression of your unique style. Only Wayfair has everything you need to bring your vision to life. It's the place to shop for everything home, from sofas and beds to dining sets and decor. Wayfair makes it easy with fast and free shipping, even on the big stuff. They'll even help you set it up. Look, I have an eclectic style, but when I go on Wayfair, they've got such a huge selection of items for the home that there are things that fit me and I know others that will fit everybody else. Every style is welcome in the Waberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com. Wayfair, every style, every home. Food trends come and go, but there's one that never seems to go out of style. The classic chocolate chip cookie. Oh, my favorite. And famous Amos chocolate chip cookies are as classic as it gets, truly. They're made from the original recipe you know and love. I'm talking semi-sweet chocolate chips, a satisfying crunch. All together in a cookie you can't help but eat in one bite. It's everything classic in a cookie. Find famous Amos cookies anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Hey, it's Andy Cohen here with John Hill. Hey, John. Hey, what's up? I am off this week, but we have a lot of great guests who've dropped by Radio Andy recently, and we want to share a double header of fun interviews. This is Andy Cohen's Deep and Shallow. Boy, I'm getting boned up looking at Andrew Rannell's pretty, pretty face and broad shoulders. Good morning, Andrew. And now I see the tits. Ah, You know what? I, um, I'm very excited that you and Josh Gad will be reunited. Yes. Um, for your new musical, which is coming to Broadway when? Uh, this fall, we start previews uh, September. It's called Gutenberg the Musical. It's just just the two of us. You're stuck with just Josh and I. Wow, on stage that's amazing. Two hours that together. very yeah. exciting. Um, Andrew has a new book of essays called Uncle of the Year and Other Debatable Triumphs. It is out now. Great cover. Andrew is a very funny writer. His last book ended with his last book ended before he struck it rich, before the fame and fortune. And I questioned him at the time. His stories are so great. And I was like, hey, I wanted to read about like when you struck it rich and when you made it big and all that. And he's like, that's the next book. And so here it is. It's very exciting. Did you feel a pressure now that this is the make it rich phase uh, to name names and all that kind of stuff or. Um, No, not, not pressure. I mean, I just thought I would tell these stories as honestly as possible and if they involved names that people knew, then there you go. But there's, there's, uh, yeah, there, there. I mean, there was sort of a pressure to sort of continue sort of my story about, you know, particularly professionally, sort of what happened. Um, as you said, the last book ended with actually with me replacing none other than John Hill. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. Unbelievable! Yeah. Isn't that wild? <laughs> Yeah, so I I stepped I think literally into his costume. Yeah, I think we're the same exact same size. Yeah, you know and- as as things would follow. I mean, it stands to art. It makes me wonder if there's a chance you might be replacing John Hill on this broadcast. Yeah, I'll I leave. Mean- 
I'll if get history out now. has taught us anything, Andy, it's right? that, yeah, it's quite possible. Wow. It's quite possible. Yes. Uh, you have but a I face did, for radio. I didn't want to sort of pick up where I left off, but, um, but yeah, so there's, there's some, you know, the, a lot of stories about the Book of Mormon, a lot of stories about girls, um, sort of what all of that entailed, working with Ryan Murphy on The New Normal, and then sort of the continuation of, you know, what it sort of what it means to me to become an adult and when I sort of felt like I was becoming an adult and when I felt uh, I should have I should have been becoming an adult and perhaps uh, was not. Perhaps you are now finally in your 40s. I am. I'm well into my 40s. Wow. Which is really hard to believe because you are just about the most boyish person. It just feels like you could step right back into Book of Mormon. I mean, if you weren't so large, I almost might call you adjacent twink adjacent. He's a twink. Twink adjacent. Is he a twink? Well, that could be new, um, you know, sort of subcategory. Is, is he? I was always a little too tall to be a twink. Yeah, Let's me too. Be but were you a twunk? Because a twunk is a muscle twink, right? I think a former I, mean, I don't twink. even know if I was muscly enough to. I was oh. just sort of a tall, lanky guy. Is that? Is there a subgenre for that? Lunk. A lunk? Oh, thank you, John. Yeah. Oh, wow. Lunk. Are you in yeah. New York City, Andrew? I am in Los Angeles right oh, now. Oh, wow. Will I'm you be touring for the book? Um, you know what? Uh, not as much as I as I sort of had planned. There were some sort of work things and some some family things that sort of uh, I had to sort of readjust that schedule. But certainly when I am back in New York, when we start the, the Gutenberg stuff up, um, yes, I will be doing a lot of uh, a lot of live events in New York around that, which will be very fun to do. Um, and it was, uh, you know, you know, Andy, with the book rollout uh, situation, there's a lot that goes that goes into that. And I was sort of most excited, I guess, about doing the the audio version of oh, it, which is that's my least most people hate that thing. I hate it. Really? Yeah, I really liked it. Although there were certain parts, I mean, I don't know if you felt this with with your books that like I realized that there were whole sections that I had never read out loud before. Well, you don't typically when you're writing a book read things out loud. So it is it also when you're reading your book out loud it causes you to wonder whether that was what you meant to say mm. or Sometimes, i mean you wind up yeah. doing a fair amount of rewriting i have found or correcting or tweaking when I, i'm doing the audio yeah, i i found that as well that and i was recording i just got back from um from a few months in rome i was doing a movie there with nick kroll and so I recorded wow. my audiobook in Rome wow. with Italian engineers. Oh my god. So I wasn't ever sure like how much they were actually understanding. But then periodically throughout the, you know, the two days that we we took to do it, the engineer would stop, would be on a break and he'd be like, Were you really you were a guest on the Ricky Lake show? Like, <laughs> um and he would ask follow-up questions. So I was like, I think they're understanding more than they're yeah. they're well speaking of on. you being a guest on the Ricky Lake show. Yes. Um you, I mean, have you and John worked this out yet? Because you were on a, you were a guest on the Ricky Lake show uh, with this woman, and you two were pretending to be secret crushes, right? It was my yes, friend. it was sort of yes. John, actually, I met John through this friend. Her mm-hmm. name is Randy, Randy right? Newton. And um, that's the person that John lost his virginity to. My right? woman virginity to. Yes. Yeah. Your woman virginity. What? So Randy is really, she's helped us both. She so really much. has. <laughs> she's done a great really, service to the gay community. Can she help me? 
Oh, I'm sure she'd love to. (laughs) I'm sure she's, she's up to something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But she, I was 18. I forget. She was just a couple years older than I was um, or am. And uh, yeah, she called me and asked me if I would be her travel companion to uh, New York city. I was about to move there a couple months later to go to college. And she was like, I'm going to be a guest on the Ricky Lake show. Would you come and just be my guest? And then when I arrived in New York City, there was a slight change of plans. And she had a, sort of a different story that she had come up with, with the help of the producers of the Ricky Lake show at the time. And um, all of a sudden I was on stage. I was on stage at the Ricky Lake show. Fake. And for those people, you know, there's a lot of folks, um, younger folks who, who don't really understand the the impact that Ricky Lake had on daytime television, but she was quite popular. She was, it was, Oh my God. Huge. Highly watched. show. Oh, it was huge. Yes. And yeah, I'm assuming that you and Ricky have talked about this since, right? You know, we never have. No. Um, A lot of roads lead back to hairspray. So I feel like the first time I met her, I was in hairspray and she came back to see it. And I didn't say anything about it then. But then years later, she came to see the Book of Mormon. I still didn't say anything. Wow. No, we've never we've never discussed it. And I think maybe maybe that's for the best. Right. Well, no, I think at this point she She would love to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, next time I see her, I'm going to I'm going to tell her Um, you talk about being by the way, you say you're not the biggest fan of the word gunkle. And I so agree with that say your piece because i really agree with this i what i just feel like gunkle it's it's a little cutesy for me yeah um i understand where it came from i understand how it's you know applicable to a lot of people especially if you're not like you know blood related to the child it's you know but as I say in the book, like we're we're cute enough as it is. It doesn't need to get any cuter. Right. You know, we don't need another cute nickname. Just being like the gay uncle by itself is that's cute enough. You so, <laughs> have like a nickname for it. I was like, ah, we don't really do. We really need that. You say in the book that you don't want to have kids, right? I, you know, I've always thought that. And I think that, you know, because I was, at, you know, almost 45, that was sort of never, I didn't see a lot of other people doing that. Um, it's sort of in the timeline of, you know, when people were having kids, when my siblings were having kids, when straight friends of mine were having kids. Um, that was just not something that seemed like it was really on the table. I was also, you know, very focused on starting a career and getting that going. And sort of, I didn't really, I was never with a boyfriend that we seriously had that conversation. So you have Um, been dating Tuck Watkins for years. Um, two children who has two children who are now how old? Yeah. How old are they? They are 10 and they're 10 year old. When you started dating him, how old were they? Um, well, well, when we first met, they were, they were five years old. Okay. So, wow. I mean, well, tell me this. Uh Uh-huh. When did they start getting easier to kind of be around? Because I'm in the weeds with my four-year-old and I'm just wondering kind of when he's six, is it going to get quieter? Some Tuxa take on this is that it got much easier at five. Oh, okay. Um, good. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> You're close. So five was, five was good. I'm finding now at 10, um, that sort of starts a whole new uh, phase mm-hmm. of living 
Um, really? You know, they're, they're very, uh, they're like little tweens now. Almost. Oh boy. I feel like they're, they're, they've sort of, they're at a very different place than I was at 10. Oh my um, God. and I blame the internet and yeah. you know, oh, yeah. TikTok and all of that. So they have like real, they're real sassy oh. so, sometimes in real fun ways. Like right. their vocabulary is very specific based on YouTube shorts and TikTok. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, when I was 10, Yes, I was watching, you know, a ton of television and, you know, I was very heavily influenced by like, you know, facts of life reruns and things like that. But um, this is a very different situation that kids are dealing with. Are your kids, I mean, they obviously have screens and things like that. No, no, no screens. No, every now and then. Well, no, I mean, they, I mean, on an airplane, I let him watch, uh, you know, an iPad, but I don't. I don't like he doesn't he doesn't have access to an iPad at home or a phone or anything like that. The tricky thing is, you know, when they at a certain point in school, they got computers. Yes, exactly. So then once they've got the computer, it's like, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Um, that was not uh, that was quite a surprise to then date someone with children. Yeah, I I bet. Not see that coming. Wow. I didn't. But this was around the time that you were having kids. Yeah. Yeah. Andy, you know, yeah. like so then like other friends of mine were yeah. were having children. So I was like, I guess this is the natural progression. Yeah. And when I ex- expressed that to certain, especially female friends of mine, they were like, yeah, duh. Like this is like welcome right. to the world. Right. You've I will helpful. say you consistently uh-huh. have always liked a daddy. <laughs> am I am I Am I correct to say that? Am I fair to say uh, that? I've always dated uh, older. You yes. have. What is yeah. it about older guys that you like? Um, uh, I think there was a sense of um, sort of security and maturity there. Okay. I feel like I was sort of yep. immature for both of us. And perhaps maybe... I mean, I generally like always hung out with older people, like even, you know, again, going back to hairspray, like I did have friends that were the other nicest kids in town and the motor mouth kids. And, but I was really hanging out with like John and our, our friend, Julie Halston. Like I was really gravitating towards her to Jonathan Kuchitz, to Barbara Walsh. Like I was hanging out with the adults. Yes. Um, Yeah. And not so much. I was a Dick LaTessa devotee. I love Dick LaTessa. (laughs) So sweet. He was was the sweetest. And yes, very much so like became, he was not in the show when I worked with him later, but yeah, I would just sort of always have gravitated towards older people. Um, Like Randy. like Randy. And yeah. And so it made sense to me that when I started, you know, when I started dating people seriously, they were always older. Yeah. Um, you know, you are you excited? For, did you go out for the Barbie movie? Because you have Ken and Kevin energy. Oh, well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I, I will. I will take that. No, um, I did. You mean go out? Oh, like audition for it? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did audition for it. Oh, you I did? did. I did. I was very excited. And then um, uh, around the time that we they were doing like callbacks and like meeting with Greta Gerwig and stuff, I was already working on a television show called Welcome to Chippendales for Hulu. Right. And it was one of those sort of unfortunate situations that um, I knew that I couldn't commit to. Like I couldn't, you know, I couldn't I didn't want to like take a meeting and then be like, oh, by the way, I'm not available. 
Right. So, you know, with the help and guidance of my agents, they were like, you can't say yes to a callback for this because you can't do it. Right. So it was it was really fun to get to read for it. And I just saw a trailer for it the other night and I'm super, super excited. Yeah, to, uh, looks, see it. yeah. looks really good. I'm a big fan of Greta Gerwig's. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. She's yeah. so good. Um, say what the musical is about that you and Mr. Gad are in. Because I thought well, it was about Steve Gutenberg, but it's obviously not. It's not about Steve Gutenberg. It's about two guys who decide to write a musical and they decide that, first of all, this, this show was written uh, about 15 years ago and performed at the, at, at the Fringe Festival and then was off-Broadway for a while. This will be its first time on Broadway, but it's okay. about these two guys who decide to write a musical. They decide that historical musicals you know, about historical figures do very well. So they pick Johann Gutenberg, which they don't know much about and quickly find that there's not much about him. So they just start making it up. They just start making up facts about Johann Gutenberg. And the show itself is a presentation. It's Josh and I playing these two characters, Bud and Doug, who are presenting their show to the audience in order to find backers to get the show to continue, hopefully to, you know, to continue on Broadway. So we play all of the parts. We sing all of the songs. It's just the two of us um, sort of fumbling our way through making up this musical and it's very funny and it's, it brings me back together uh with josh gad who is you know a real talent also a real handful a real <laughs> handful um but we get to work with alex timbers who i've been chasing for a long time uh director alex timbers um who has you know he's has directed a lot of incredible shows moulin rouge and beetlejuice and right now here lies love which if you haven't seen yeah, i'm going like, saturday i saw it at the public i did too but i'm going back uh, wow yeah, I'm excited to see it back in New York. Um, but Alex is is great. So this is going to be quite a uh, quite a journey. You talk about in. auditioning um, for Taboo, which was the big boy George <laughs> yes. musical. And during your final callback, Rosie O'Donnell, who was the one of the producers, she said on the spot that you weren't going to get the part. And you and it was a heart. It was a really heartbreaking moment for you. It was like a slap in the face in a weird way. Right. It was, um, I mean, I was really, that never happens that someone tells you your fate to your face in real time. Like right. usually you have to like, wait for a while to find out. Um, but she just told me straight up, it was the last role they were casting and I auditioned and auditioned and it was one of those things that it took months. Mm. It took months to finally get that final call back. And so I was grateful that she just like ripped off the bandaid and was like, it's not going to happen. This is not for you. But it was, it was, uh, yeah, that was a hard day because I really like poured myself into it. And she very bluntly was like, she was like, if you had auditioned for this other part, we would have cast you as that part. But you're just, this is not lining up wow. for this final role that's left. So she was very, um, very direct about it. But it did, you know, ultimately now, like looking back on it, the casting director was this man, Bernie Telsey, who yes. cast hairspray yeah, and everything. Know, ended up giving me my first Broadway job, um, you know, a couple of years later. So it did work out, but I was able to like when I was doing the Book of Mormon, I met with Rosie O'Donnell and um, I told her that story. And she had a very it was like so influential in my life and my career. And she had a very slim recollection. I'm sure happened, it was like, which was, a, which was pretty, it was just interesting. It was like, Oh, something that was so influential in my life was like, just like a moment in hers that was like, meh, but it, it did. It definitely kept me 
very motivated and I was not ultimately discouraged by that experience. It sort of motivated me to like try harder and to figure out, you know, a different way to get myself onto Broadway. So I'm very, very grateful to her for being so, so honest with me in that moment. Um, God, I, I have to say what you guys yeah. put up with as actors, <laughs> the rejection and the just it, it's well, like you said, like putting your you know audition is a performance. You put everything into that yeah. type of audition. It's, you know, for months and months and months you work on something. So it's not like you're just showing up for one chat. You know, it's a, no, it's a I mean, but then the, the flip side of that, which is sort of um, why I think, you know, a lot of us sort of lose our minds a little bit as actors is that when I auditioned for the Book of Mormon, there was very little preparation for that audition because it all happened very quickly. Yeah. So I didn't have I mean, I think the whole thing took about 10 days that I went in, sang and read. And then they were like, great, come back. And then I was flying to LA like a day later to meet with Josh. And then it, so it all just happened really fast. Mm -hmm. Other things take forever to come together. And then this was this, you know, the Book of Mormon was this huge sort of life-changing experience that actually came together very quickly. And with, you know, I don't want to say without a lot of preparation, but there wasn't time. It was just like... Well, it's uh, it was a joy seeing you in Book of Mormon, and I'm very excited about Gutenberg the musical. I hope you'll come back uh, to promote that with Josh. I would and that. I'm very excited about your new book of essays, just in time for summer vacation. It's called Uncle of the Year and Other Debatable Triumphs. It is out now. Thank you very much, Andrew. You twunk. Uh, tell Takai, and uh, we will uh, see you soon. I hope. I'll, I'll see you back in New York. Boy, I wish you and I were drunk somewhere on Fire Island. I know. Soon. Not this summer. I know. Not this summer. All right. Oh. We'll be right back. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'll see you soon. Parents, when you visit California, childhood rules. If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself. What would kids do? Let childhood rule your family vacation. Start planning your trip to the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Ike Barinholtz. I wish you were. I wish you were gay. You know what? There's still time, my friend. You think? I don't know. Where are you on the gay spectrum? Did you ever have a guy come on to you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Really? Where? Like in college or? 
Uh, I mean, definitely in Amsterdam. I lived there for a couple of years and, you know, just doing theater. You have right theater friends you work yeah, with yeah, yeah. who are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah. All right. Because that must I mean, it would be a, it would be pretty cool if right now during Pride on your show, I dropped like a huge bomb. I would. Love but it. I. Yeah. I, just, I don't. Right. If you were like, yeah, I get blown by guys, but I'm not gay. Ike has a new mustache and a new movie. Maximum Truth is in theaters and also on demand now. Ike stars, co-wrote, and produced the movie. Say what it's about, Ike, because it's... This is a film. This is a delightful romp. Like you. This is a delightful You're romp. You're a delightful uh, romp. Thank you. Yeah. This is about two very stupid grifters okay. who are kind of operating in the uh, right-wing political sphere. All right. Are they housewives? Just kidding. They... <laughs> <laughs> hey, when does New York start? When does the new New York it start? It starts July 16th, I think. Ooh, that's Are you going to watch, dude? Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, good. I'm so excited for you to watch. It's wonderful. I was, it's good. I, I, I was kind of sad at first when the old yeah, ones of got put out to the ranch. But I uh, am excited to see who we got. I'm excited to meet all these new people and have them start Great. to really permeate my thoughts. Excellent. I'm, that makes uh, me Anyways, really... the film is uh, about these two kind of low-level, very low-level political grifters who are trying to take down a congressional candidate. And it's uh, it stars me and Dylan O'Brien. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, people always confuse us. Wait, is Dylan O'Brien so yeah. like from Teen Wolf or something like oh, that? Oh yeah, baby. Yes. He was Styles on Teen Wolf. He's the he's the freaking maze runner. I hear he's a very big Bravo fan. Uh I believe that. Yeah. He's yeah, he's so he like people freak out when really? they see him like young women, especially. Yeah. Like we were at a bar one night, me and him. And like the server saw him, this young woman, and she like literally like her knee started shaking and she was like her friend had to come over and like console her because she was so excited. And then like five minutes later, this guy walked, this older man walked past me with his wife and just pointed at me and goes, SNL. And I was like, no, but that's just the difference in our fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's funny. That is, were you, you were, you were never on SNL. I was never on SNL. He, I was on Mad you, TV. Who did he think? Oh, okay. The, the bulky to SNL's cousin Larry, or maybe the other way around. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, okay. So they try to take uh, this candidate down and yeah. it's, it's a mockumentary style movie, which I enjoy. They go down so easy and yeah. I've never gotten to do a mockumentary. And since I was a kid, like I was obsessed with Spinal Tap. I love Best in Show. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Me too. And I've never been able, I've never been in anything where I can like look to the camera. Yeah. And uh, it was incredibly fun to shoot. We, it was one of those things like we shot it kind of during the throes of COVID and, and we were able just to kind of from conception to actually shooting it yeah. only go through about like six weeks, which is crazy. Yeah. But it's, it's so fun. It's so, it's like an 83 minute, just like collection of uh, stupid assholes. Wow. Being dumb. Um, I voted for our show history of the world in the Emmys. So I'm hoping uh, for- that is, uh, I hit a lot of Bravo shows for, for my voting right back at you. Thank you. Uh, well, you, do- that sketch, I told you the real, how the real concubines of Kublai Khan is yeah. my number one favorite sketch from history. Of the world, <laughs> oh, it's very two. funny. Goddamn, Good. So I funny. hope you, uh, I hope you voted for watch what happens live in there. I voted for watch what happens live. Definitely voted for top chef. Okay. 
what else? Uh, Vanderpump. Vanderpump. Did you watch and Vanderpump the, this season? You know what's funny? Because I, I hadn't watched it. Every single person in my life yeah. watches it, and my wife and I have like just started. We started like with like two seasons ago. Good, just because. Well, yeah, uh, I would recommend. I hate to do this to you. Back to the top. I'd actually re-rack it right to season one, and I almost would okay. argue that you skipped yeah. the last two seasons, which were the weakest two seasons of the entire run. Everyone's talking about them, man. No, 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 not. No, this season is the season. But I'm saying the season, the two seasons oh, that you. preceded okay, so. this season yes, were got it, got it, probably, which is okay. part of the reason why it makes this, uh, you know, season so, you know, wild that it pops so much. Um, I want to talk about your dad a little bit. I was oh a big fan of Jury Duty, the series. You uh, texted me. I did text you because I was so excited to find out that the judge in jury duty is actually the father of Mr. Baron of Ike. He yeah. is Mr. Baron Holtz, and he was for his life a lawyer or an actual judge. He was a, a trial attorney in he Chicago for thirty years. In Chicago for thirty years, he but retired. He was, a, he, he was an act, acting major at Ohio State. Right, okay. wanted to be a comedy actor and just like. Had a kid and was like, ah, I'm just gonna be a lawyer. It's more steady. And he was and okay. Yeah, you throughout tell Throughout the years, like he would just he was so like pleasantly living vicariously through my brother John and I when he would perform. Okay. And he just waited his turn. And through just a random uh, bunch of events, he got he put himself on tape for this show, Jury Duty, which was just, you know, whatever. And it's become a legitimate hit. Like a absolutely that word a lot anymore, but it's a and do you hit. know Gene uh, or do you know St- Lee and Gene? Lee yeah, and Gene? I know both of those guys. And I did mean, I know, you say, actually, I know Lee. did you say to Lee, hey, just so you know, my dad's going up for the role of the judge? No, it's funny. Another producer on it is a guy named Dave Bernad, who okay. produces White Lotus yeah. and he produced White House Plumbers, which I just was in. On yes. The and he um, we sent this tape in and he, I didn't even reach out to him. He reached out to me and was like, hey, we're going to cast your dad, I think, on this. Oh. And I thought he was goofing around. And again, I didn't know the size of it. I didn't know the scope of right. the project. But it's like all my father has ever wanted his entire life is to be recognized everywhere he goes. <laughs> and now it's happening. And he was on the picket line with me at Paramount uh, a few weeks ago, and at least half a dozen writers came up and were like, "Can I get a photo?" Oh of my dad? god, that is amazing! How it's great, crazy. How old is he? If I can ask, seventy-two. Wow. And he, by the way, he was excellent in it. He killed it. Seemed like a judge, and like a judge. the guy clearly. I mean, he spent so much time in a courtroom. I mean, he just. Well, I texted him after you texted me and him and my mom, a lot of people have been reaching out Yeah, and my mom has been really cool with it. But at a certain point, she's kind of like, okay, you know what I mean? Wow. I'm glad to know that the, you know, barista's cousin said she has to watch the show and recognized you. But when I told them that you 
Andy watched it. They lost their minds. They are no Bravo freaks. No way. They have seen every episode of New Jersey, Beverly wow. Hills, New York. Well, listen, tell OC. your dad, tell your dad if he wants to bartend on my show. Oh my I God. would love to have him, but this is going to happen. Hold on. This is going to happen. Hold on. We don't fly bartenders in as John Hill will attest. John <laughs> Hill is bartending tomorrow night. on watch it. Evans live Delta miles. Yeah. 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 So if he wants <laughs> yes. to come bartend, I could probably put him up in a hotel. I would. Well, probably... I, I think we'll do a combination of my miles and maybe or actually let me say this. I think that freebie should fly him in. There you yeah, go. So they definitely yes. should. They, enough enough people watch the show. So yeah. I just want you to know, I it is an open invitation. I would absolutely love, and I'll put him on during a housewives night. How fun would that be? I'm, this is like going. Yes. I'm going to call him right after yes, we hang good. up. He's going to lose his mind. Good. My mom is going to freak out. Good, and he makes a mean cocktail. Excellent. Well, by the way, I don't want to ruin it, but I'm happy to have your mom bartend with him, too. I mean, like, whatever. It's like, you know, whatever. It's it's an open. It's a um, it's a blank canvas. Okay, Okay, we can fill it up however we want. My bubby is in Skokie, Illinois. She's 99. I love a bubby. Oh, my God. There's going to be a lot of like protocols we have to do to get her in the studio. It's going to be a big, so we're just going to, we're just going to put it all in. She has to bring, if your bubby comes, she has to bring food. Okay. Cause if a bubby comes, they have to bring food. Just so you know, that's the rule. My teleprompters, grandma used to come grandma Libby and she would bring me soup and latkes and all kinds of stuff. So that, and she bartended several times. So Olive Ashola, by the way, but anyway, um, so uh, your father is anyway. He's wonderful. He's going to bartend. Excellent. Amazing. Yeah. Very good. We Incredible. That out. This is amazing. Um, your marriage is still strong. Uh, yeah. I good. mean, I you know, <laughs> I'm not. I haven't announced I'm coming out yet. So it's okay. Still, I think we're all still. Good I know, there. John. I was got the Ike's got a cute new mustache. Don't you like it? I can. I was going to ask you about it. You know, yeah. straight guys. It's a. It's a thing. I find that women hate when I have a mustache. Right. Guys really like it. What yes. Is, what's the response? You're yeah. So getting? what are you going for? Are you? Gay you know what? I had you know a big what? Beard. Are you? Are you gay baiting right now? Yeah. I'm, I mean, look how slutty I'm dressing right now in my strand oh, hat. Oh my god, and my I love it. He's like. Kite. He's like. By the way, do you know where I got this hat? The strand hat. The strand, maybe. From the last time the I was on Watch What Happens Live, and the lady who owns the strand. Yeah, was she was bartender. bartending. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. See that? Wow. Uh, the the mustache is a byproduct of having a very big beard. That okay. was a byproduct. A little. Yeah, right. a, <laughs> uh, it was very turning patchy and kind of gray. Right. So I shaved it, but I wanted to keep something to let people know, hey, I'm not a baby. <laughs> I'm a man. That? Oh wow! Now, how, um, how old are you? I'm 27. Uh, no, I am 46 now. You're 46. No spring chicken. Do you manscape? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Okay. A little bit, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing crazy, but yeah. What do you you use to manscape? Do you use one of those special ball trimmers? Uh, no, I just use my Mach 3. Um, and then, and then to do, and then to get the patterns that I want in my pubes, I have to use like an actual (laughs) clippers. Oh, I want to get like an American flag for the fourth. What does your wife do? Uh, she works in uh, finance. She was a CPA, believe it or not. Wow. How f- hot is that? I know. And I know. How, and where did you meet your wife? 
I met her in the most romantic, not only the most romantic city, but the most romantic place in the world, uh, the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Wow. I've spent some Damn. time there. Yeah. yeah, it's a, you know, typical boy with his fantasy football league, girl on a bachelorette party in the mid-2000s, no spot eyes across the blackjack table, and now they have three beautiful daughters. Wow. And did you, and were you, had you made, how many years ago was that? This was in 2005. Wow. Uh, does she so, like yeah, your mustache? 18. She does now. Okay. She does now. I think at first it reminded her of her dad, okay. but now that I've trimmed and patterned it, I think I've actually now I just have gone from daddy to zaddy with her. So yeah. oh, it looks she's great. vibing with it. She's yeah, we love it. It looks great. We love it. I, people at first were like, well, what are you? Uh, is there is there a part you're playing? Are you playing like uh, John Holmes or something? And uh, I have to explain to people, no, mustaches are just kind of normal and de rigueur now. Yeah, right. And, you know, like everything cool. It started with uh, gay guys and now it's, uh, you know, schleppy white guys trying there to do it. Go. Waffles are just pancakes with little squares on them. That's right. Are you yeah. watching The Real Housewives of Orange County? Uh, no, not yet. I'm going to. I just finished Top Chef. Okay. Uh, with my family, which was amazing. How did Cannot you feel about the winner? Uh, my wife and I think Buddha is arguably the best chef you've ever had on. Top wow. Chef. Yeah. He is uh, just and not he's an artist and his food looks delicious. And uh, did a, he game the system by studying Top Chef? Uh, a, if so, I accept that. Right. Um, B, uh, I don't even know. I don't think so. I think he's right. just that good. Right. When I told my kids that he follows me on Instagram. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, wow. 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 Um, wow. So good. So you're going to, so now you're done with Top Chef. So you're going to start in with Orange County. We're going to double good. team good. the Vanderpump rules and then get into okay. the new okay. OC. It's a and, then, and then New York is like three weeks away. Yes. It is a return to form, by the way. Beautiful. The Real Housewives. Very exciting. Of- Very exciting. I saw uh, Ham and Slattery were big fans. Yes. Ham has become a huge Bravo fan. It's amazing. It's so funny that you find that out later. It's like, oh, my God, all those times we talked, you could have been talking about Bravo. I know. Well, he doesn't. Um, he didn't watch. I think what happened is he got into it during COVID. So, yeah, he's uh, he's very into Southern Charm. He's into Jersey. Are you a Jersey fan? Yeah, I've watched Jersey. Yeah. I'm excited to see where the Judas Gorga uh, show Feud. goes. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. shout out a Bravo show in the film Maximum Truth. Tell me. Uh, at one point, uh, I'm trying. she's showing me a picture of this guy who's running for uh, uh, Congress, played by Max Minghella. Yep. And uh, I go, oh, I know him. Was, was he on Below Deck? Ah. She's like, no. <laughs> do you watch, by the way, do you watch Below Deck? Uh, I've watched some below on. deck. You've only watched some. There's, yeah, early on. Early there's on. an incredible love triangle happening right now. Really? On the low deck sailing yacht. Just Ooh. for the ages. Really okay. great. For real. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Put right. it on really, your list. Put it on your list. How many years were you on Mad TV? I did five seasons of Mad wow. TV. Wow. You're yeah. on Mad TV. I mean, obviously, I mean, you referred to it earlier. SNL is the gold standard. Yes. When you're on Mad TV, is there a part of you that is always watching what SNL is doing? And like, are you are you in your own lane or is there a part of you that's always looking over your shoulder at that? 
Well, I just remember when I was on Mad TV, A, I was friends with a lot of the people on SNL because we all came from the same theaters, right. you know? Yeah, yeah, And it was, in my opinion, SNL at that time is the best SNL cast. Who was had. the SNL like, cast at that time? It's like you're everything from like Will Ferrell to Amy Poehler yes, to right. Kristen Wiig, Bill Hader, yeah, or Seth yes. Meyers, Jason Sudeikis, Fred Armisen, uh-huh. Maya Rudolph, Rachel Dratch, like that Tina, yes. that, that era yes, from like huge. 2002 to 2008 was just yep. insane. Yeah. So I would just watch it just because I loved it. Um, but there were definitely some of, you know, folks on Mad TV, I think, who had a kind of combative relationship with it where they're like, that wasn't good. Right. And I'm like, no, no, it was really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right. like, yeah, right. I, my thing with Mad TV is I always kept saying, I was like, why are we on at the same time? Can't we be on a different night? Yeah, it's so true. You know what it I mean? It makes no sense. Like, well, <sighs> yeah, is this yeah. the Especially only time for sketch comedy? Yeah, no. And it was also pre a lot of it was pre TiVo and, and, you know, being able to record stuff easily. So you were really asking people to choose between. Right. So I was always like, let's just go to Fridays. And no one liked when I said people that. So I just stopped that. saying it eventually. Right, right. Uh, well, I'm very happy for you with Maximum Truth. God, you are so freaking busy. History of the yeah. world. I mean, here I thought history of the world was your big baby. And now I find out this whole time you had been working on Maximum Truth. I have a lot of big babies. You uh, do. I, I'm, a, I'm a big daddy. I have big babies and uh, <laughs> a lot of them. And I love them all. I love them all equally. Wow. That's amazing. I'm a big daddy and I have a lot of big babies. <laughs> um, well, I'm excited for your movie. Thank you so much Bless for hanging you. out with us today. Give your dad the message and then I, I will have my bartender person reach out to Freebie and set it up. Okay, I'm literally going to jump off with you guys and blow to 72-year-old's mind yes. at 8.51 a.m. I cannot wait. That's and great. it is so good talking to you guys. And Me I too. hope to uh, see you very soon. You bet. Thank you so much, Ike. That's it for today. We're going to be back live on Radio Andy next week, which means John and I are going to be back on the podcast with plenty to catch up on. We will see you back here in this feed next week.